0: Drama City Productions Presets
1: Immersion Rigged Now Online Welcome Nerd Now Generating Episode 83 Featuring Horror Comics Movies Wrestling. Full immersion begins in three. Two
0: one. Hey this is Christian. Hey this is It's The Amazing Nerd show. Christian, I love August. Yeah, why? It's not why you think though. So. Hmm. It's not about beaches. It's not about summer movie season. It's about Halloween, Christian. No. Yes. (laughs) I'm one of those fuckers who get excited. Like, Halloween starts in August because all the fucking stores start throwing out their, like, Halloween decorations early. I get excited. I actually make a trip to Michael's to see, like, the Halloween shit that they have up. Because they put it out, like, the first week of Uh August. I'm that guy. No, man. I'm not ashamed, like, man. I feel like even Target had their back-to-school stuff way too soon. I was not prepared. Yeah, man. I hate that. that, that that's bullshit. Um, but, yeah, no. I'm all, like Because right when back-to-school ends with Target and, like, the big-box stores, usually it's all Halloween stuff. So I'm Jones. And I follow a couple, of, like, sites on, like, Instagram <laughs> that, like, just post shit, uh-huh. like, early Halloween decorations. I'm in, like, spirits because they open their doors, like, mid-August, too. So I'm in there, like, first week, you know, looking at all the fucking new shit they have for the season. Is there a costume you're looking for at the moment? No. No, no. that's, like, always last-minute, <laughs> you know, type deal. Mm-hmm. So now that I've got a young one, you know, it's usually a themed costume. I have to wait for her to choose. So I'm also that bad, you know, where we do the kind of father-daughter yeah. type deal. So I'm, I'm hoping right now she's going for Luke Skywalker. She wants to be ex-wing uh, pilot Luke right now. Nice. That's nice. her favorite version Perfect. of Luke. So I'm hoping she goes that route so I could be Vader, you know, so. But we'll see. We'll see. Because by, by that time, you know, in a couple months, it could be fucking My Little Ponies and, you know, it's Paw true. Patrol. But how cool would it be if you guys made, like, miniature, like, cardboard TIE Fighter and X-Wing See, I love those fucking photos, but like (laughs) I've gone trick or treat with my daughter, and I know just getting her to not spill all her candy is hard enough. I can't imagine trying to walk down the street in some kind of insane (laughs) contraption. contraption. Yeah. So, I I mean, they're great for photos, but like just not practical at all. Yeah. So, do you have a costume you're looking at? Not yet. I mean, I do like Walking Phoenix's Joker, but. Uh, my girlfriend wants to be Spongebob, so I'm like, do I do something Spongebob-related? <laughs> you know? Well, then you got to be Patrick.
1: I guess, but then Pretty what do much. I do? Paint myself do pink? Be like Squidward and have a, or something?
0: Squidward would be perfect for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just personality-wise. True. That is true. So, yeah, you're <laughs> definitely not a Patrick. Um, what's That's... the guy who owns the... Is Squidward the guy who owns the crab? Uh... No, Mr. Krabs. So you could be Mr. Krabs. True. I feel like that's fitting too, Christian. I guess. (laughs) I'm not money hungry. What are you trying to say? Yeah, but you're a little crabby. a little crabby at times, man. (laughs) I nothing there with that. Did you see this fucking movement online about moving Halloween from October 31st? No. So there was like, I don't know if it's a parent movement or something like that, but they're trying to get Halloween moved to like just the last weekend of October, Autumn and have October 31st, you know, I get I don't know if it just doesn't matter. I don't know if it's like, oh, you know, it's you know, the honorary Halloween, but then like trick-or-treatings on the weekend. I mean, I get it, like as a parent, I understand it sucks having to rush home and like go trick-or-treating and I feel like it's always fucking Wednesday or something. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Uh, which doesn't make it, it can't possibly only be Wednesday, but it know, always it feels like it's like, the middle of the week. Yes. You got to go to school the next day. and it's just It like, always feels a little anticlimactic. Yeah. You know? Um, but at the same time, I'm a traditionalist where it needs to be October 31st. It has to be, you know? So it can't just be like, you know, this is the I day say we're not we petition ask. for the next day to be just a, a national holiday. That would be fantastic. Or just make Halloween a national holiday. You know? Because why the fuck not? With paid time It's off. like the, it's the highest, <laughs> I think it's the like, highest grossing holiday
1: oh, behind
0: right. Christmas at this point. Just when it comes to, like, retailing, mm-hmm. so... Over, like, Black Friday and... Yeah. Well, I think they probably throw Black Friday into Christmas. Gotcha. So, but, like, money-wise, retailers, you know, make a ton of Halloween. You know, just decorations, costumes, everything. Look at those bag costumes. They all fucking, what, like... easily for some cheap piece of shit, you know, costume. You know, the quality of those costumes have gone down quite a bit. Yeah, You know, Um, you're lucky, like, you can't even try the things on with, like, I'm always scared I'm going to tear the shit out of them, you know, be stuck with a shitty fucking Mm -hmm. costume. Um, But yeah, yeah, man, I, I, yeah, you got to leave Halloween, October 31st. I can't, I'm not removing it. And I get it, but no, you know, I'm a traditionalist man. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Just make it a fucking holiday. You know how hard is that to pass? <laughs> I don't know. They pass a bunch of other stupid shit, right? Sure. now so, I mean. <laughs> Dingbat does whatever he wants. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, so let's talk some news. But yes. before we do that, make sure if you like what you're hearing, you go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review on all your favorite podcast forums. Yes. All right, so starting off news, we have a handful of live-action Spider-Man coming straight to your TV. So yeah, it looks like the producers of Into the Spider-Verse, Lord and Miller, are going to be behind basically a kind of adjacent Spider-like universe where they're going to be doing different spin-off shows, um, kind of following the formula that like CW's like Arrowverse, mm-hmm. you know, uses right now. Um, I'm hoping that the quality is a little better. Nothing against those shows. Um, but, I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of characters that they can dive into. It doesn't sound like they're going to be just, you know, Spider-Man. It seems like they're going to be, like, maybe, like... you know. And This is not something that's been announced or thing like, maybe, like, a Black Cat, like, show or something yeah. like that. I mean, it's something that they've definitely been trying to do for a long time, but in, like, a film-verse. Yeah. Now they're probably thinking, maybe if we... We bring this back down, small scale. Yeah, I just hope that. they don't oversaturate you mm. know, the market. I hope they it's... don't try to tie it into the actual film verse, mm-hmm. you know. And I doubt they will if Foggy doesn't have any kind of say, you know. I don't think it'll affect, you know, the MCU as Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm okay with that as long as they're quality shows, and obviously, Lauren Miller. I mean. We've got to give them all the credit in the world, even after Solo. So I mean, <laughs> well, and even Solo, we, we have no idea what their version of the movie would have looked like. Maybe mm-hmm. it would have been fantastic. You know, maybe it was Disney who were just in the wrong. And they just oh, didn't get it. I get think it's vision. interesting that they couldn't handle working with Disney, but like Sony is giving them more free reign. It seems. Well, I think that's all due to the success of mm-hmm. the Spider Verse, which I, I just I hope they're not putting too much pressure on that because Sony will milk things if they can. Well, yes, I think quality control is much lesser at Mm -hmm. Sony than it is at Disney, Um, you know. But at the same time, I wasn't a huge fan of what they gave us solo-wise, so I wouldn't mind. I mean, because it sounds like they actually had most of the movie in the can to actually see that version, you know, the Lord and Miller version of Mm -hmm. the movie. Like, what did that look like? Was it really that bad, you know, that they felt like they had to go reshoot the whole fucking thing? (laughs) So, um, because, I mean, they killed it with, you know, Into the Spider-Verse. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe you explore some of those, you know, characters. Maybe you get, like, a ghost spider, you know, uh, show or something like that. So, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of money in Spider-Man. Yes, there absolutely. Is, and there's so much story you could dive into. I mean, his character, like, he is the best rogues gallery, mm-hmm. you know, next to Batman, honestly. Um, but then his, like, supporting characters and everything like that, there's so many characters you can really get into. And, you know, there's a lot of meat on the boat. Y- your there. fan is showing. Taste. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the whole fucking show's about, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, there is no huge announcement coming, you know, shortly, it mm. seems like. This is going to be a little down the line. Um, they did say a platform like Netflix is possible. Um, I'm sure Netflix would be all for it right now since they're losing a lot of content. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, maybe in the next six months or so we'll get, like, a big announcement. No, uh, Netflix definitely needs some wins right now because competition is rising. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of new Marvel series potential, uh, ABC might be getting a new one. Yes, it sounds like they're looking to bring a new female-led, uh, Marvel show to TV. So, I'm guessing it's going to be along the lines of what we got with like Agents of Shield. This mm-hmm. has been kind of rumored for a while. Um it, it you know, it it seems like they want to keep some kind of like superhero show on, you know, their channel at all times. I'm just hoping that they have Kevin Foggy, you know, behind. behind him. Yeah. You know, we can't have the production team who did like Inhumans you know, working on this show. That's my fear. Yeah. I didn't, like, I don't mind Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it's sad, I mean, it was announced that, like, next season is their last and everything. Um I'm behind, like, a couple seasons at this point. But for the most part, I've enjoyed the show, you know. But the one thing that's always been frustrating about it is, like, it doesn't really tie in too much with the MCU. So we're kind of, like, sold the bill of goods in the very beginning it did have those ties the first season or so we actually got like a you know an episode with nick fury um i believe even lady sith showed up a couple times the first like season or two so um the show's got potential and you know the kind the fourth season was fantastic i really enjoyed the fourth season i just kind of felt you know off track with it i need to catch up um but that being said, with Disney Plus and everything kind of raising the bar, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a little kind of wary of ABC continuing to have, you know, a show. You know. Well, I feel like ABC has to be worried as well. Like when you get something that's gonna have so much budget and so much ties, yes. Yes. they're gonna look Bush like. At they least don't. they're all owned by the same people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not a money situation. It shouldn't be a money situation. Oh. Um, I still feel like they shot themselves in the foot when they canceled Agent Carter. Because that was a, that was a great show, um, and the people were clamoring for that, you know, to come back. And then they ended up well now with you know Endgame. There's not really a good way to bring that show back, mm. um, so that's unfortunate. Um, if they were, and they're kind of, it, it doesn't seem like they've pegged like who the female superhero would be. Who would you like to see them bring to the small screen? Um, overall, I was trying to figure out like who is a female character with a good like um, you know set of characters that isn't wouldn't be too big for ABC to handle mm-hmm. uh, what and the power f- set too exactly I think one of the first ones that came to my mind was Nadia as um, Ant Ant Girl not Ant Girl uh, Wasp Uh oh. as Wasp because would that in- be confusing though. Because you've got you know the MCU's version of Marvel. well, you can easily explain. Oh, he she's obsessed with you know Ant Man and yeah, like she's a fangirl, yeah, she's a fangirl like and she easily uh, like you know you explain her crazy backstory, which, which she's <laughs> which from the Red crazy, Room and yeah. everything. Yeah, you could tie in some Widow stuff there, and then she has a great character, uh, great characters in her book as well. That wouldn't be bad. I, I mean, I could definitely see that mm. working. I'm just wondering, just because of the name. Um, they would want to stay away just because they want, you know, they they assume everyone's stupid and can't handle, you know, <laughs> multi-characters, you know, with the same name. Um, or they're just like, you know what, this is a standalone. I'm mm-hmm. fine with them just coming out and saying, no, this is standalone. It exists outside of the MCU universe. They could do that, and that's fine. I mean, it works for DC, so fans have been able to handle that concept. I don't see why ABC couldn't do the same. You know, especially if, you know, the reports are true with, you know, mm-hmm. all these Spider-Man, you know, adjacent shows coming out, um, you know, from Sony, then I, I don't know. I, I, I think when you have to worry about the MCU, their storylines and fans clamoring for it to be connected, I think that's when you kind of end up getting in your own way. Yeah. So, and I think that kind of hurt, like, the Netflix series and everything like that, you know, because then well, people feel like almost it's, like, lesser for some reasons. So we even look at like when Agent Six Shield had to explain how it ties in each season to like a major event that yeah, happened. Yeah, there's always all of a sudden like a catch-up episode uh-huh. where they're like, oh yeah, this stuff is happening, you know, this is what we're doing. Yeah, because I think literally after the first season, they had to explain the whole HYDRA takeover. Mm-hmm. So, and that was a huge, because they, they didn't even know about it until they went to the screening of um, Winter Soldier. And, like, they literally, I guess, some of the actors left the theater, like, do we have a show anymore? <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it's a huge pain in the ass, mm-hmm. you know? And you don't want to look like a red-headed stepchild. So, like, I, for me, like, I just cut ties. Just say it's its own thing. I wouldn't mind a, a Spider-Woman show. Yeah, I was thinking that, too, but at the same time, it's Sony. Yeah, because Spider-Woman, I don't, I don't know how that works legally. But she's not technically, she has been recently more involved in the Spider Man universe, but she's hmm. not technically, like, her origin's not really tied to Peter Parker. So I'm not sure how that works. She has more of a, like, almost shield origin. So I, I'm not sure. Her, That's origin, a good question. her origin's crazy. So I don't know who owns the rights necessarily to Spider Woman. Hmm. You know, just because she has spider name, does that mean that she's a spider? You know, verse character. I'm not sure how that works. Because I mean, Marvel. You know, the com- on the comic side, they've been kind of throwing her in there recently, but that hasn't been the case. You know, always. So I'm not. I'm not sure how that works. Um, people were talking about Miss Marvel being a possible character. I want her on the big screen. I do too. Or on uh marvel service series yeah 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 i want disney plus i want foggy that like it feels like that's a character he's talked about in the past unless he's involved with the show Mm -hmm. um i would much rather have her like you know a cinematic version of her that's a, a tangible how would you feel if they introduced each young avenger through a marvel series and then put out a film a TV series or a, like, in, like, separate films? And, like, a, a separate um, TV series. Well, they're doing that with Kate, right? Kate mm. Bishop is going to be in the Hawkeye series. Um, we already have Casey um, with Ant-Man. I don't know. Oh, did you see that? This is a rabbit hole, but did you see that article where the kid from, um, people were speculating that the MCU could go ahead take the kid who was in iron man 3 and showed up at the end of end game you know know, the kid that everyone was like who's that um and make him into uh iron lad no Mm -hmm. and then but you know who iron lad really ends up being king the conqueror oh so there's a whole like you know he's a younger version of king you know, it was huh. totally idealistic and everything like that. I mean, at if they, first, if he eventually goes. <laughs> spoilers, he eventually goes. If the know, kid evil. can act and can do it, I, I don't see any reason I, for not no, to. I feel but... like it's such a stretch. <laughs> it feels shoehorned. I mean, I'd love to see. I, I'm all for Young Avengers, you know, movie, mm-hmm. you know, that whole deal. But, you know, to shoehorn that kid in, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it'd be nice continuity wise. You know, they took, what, like Peter Parker. Technically, was that kid from what was it, Iron Man 2? Yeah. Right? Now they've, like, made that into continuity. Uh-huh. Even though I still think time-wise it doesn't really add up. <laughs> We're not, not counting years. We're not yeah. paying attention, All right. Yes. Yes. Hey, man, I'm not the one who's counting. They're the ones who keep on <laughs> fucking counting shit. <laughs> so, I don't know, though. I'll, we'll, I'm sure ABC is not going to go long without a superhero show. No. So, there should be an announcement coming at some point soon, so. Um, all right, what else do we have, Christian? Oh, onto the world of horror. Uh, Amazon. Uh, looks like they are definitely upping their streaming. Game. Yes. They are going to be doing a Event Horizon series with Adam Wingard directing. Um, Adam Wingard, uh, he directed movies like The Guest, uh, You're Next, uh, Blair Witch. So and also the uh, live action version of Death Note. Mm. So, um, so he's a director of note. Um, I, I am a huge fan of Event Horizon. Have you seen Event Horizon? I have not watched all of it. It's, okay, and I don't know how it's aged. So I don't know <laughs> how it holds up. It's a late oh god, was a late no, Yeah, late nineties movie. So underrated. You know, just this like mix between sci fi and horror samuel's fantastic and i can't recommend the movie more um i i think it really does lend itself to be a series though if you get like a crew who's like you know searching you know um you know or on a rescue mission um trying to like go through like the mystery of what happened to the ship event horizon i'm not going to go through the whole premise of the movie Mm -hmm. but uh, I feel like it could work as a, you know, effective series. I don't know how long of a, you know, series they could really get out of it. Like how many seasons you mm-hmm. could get out of it. But I definitely feel like you could do at least a handful of seasons and have it work. Um, the, just the whole premise was terrifying and super fucking creepy and just really well done. So it had a little bit of mystery in it, but lots of great, like, sci-fi and just... awesome horror you know it's kind of like the best of all worlds so um but yeah no i'm all on board and then speaking of amazon once again uh simon pegg and nick frost to play ghost hunters in a new amazon series so and this just came out um variety is reporting that amazon prime has picked up the rights to a series created by the two stars um and they are going to play gus and dave who will team up to uncover and film paranormal sightings across the UK. Um, so it's going to be kind of inspired by the reality show Ghost Hunters, who is actually, it, is I it, actually was a fan of back in the day. Uh, <laughs> so, I've what were you going to say? Like? Them. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, after two or three seasons of uh, it, like, you can only handle guys standing in the room. Like, what's that? What's that? Like, literally, uh, like, okay. They never it, find a ghost. Spoilers. <laughs> For fans of Ghost Hunters, but is um, it like is it going to be like mockumentary style? Or I'm guessing that's mm. probably if they're going to do it as like a reality show, I feel like it's absolutely going to be you know mockumentary style. Um, oh, there's actually a little blurb for it. Let's read the blurb. Uh, they stake out haunted churches, underground bunkers, and abandoned hospitals using an array of homemade ghost detecting gizmos and share their adventures online uh on their online channel their supernatural experiences grow more frequent terrifying and even deadly as the pair begin to uncover a conspiracy that could threaten the entire human race that sounds pretty badass man <laughs> no i love both of them so yes i mean i'm excited by this news yeah it's just too bad edward Wright's not like actually involved so but i'm sure they'll end up like getting oh. him involved oh, he'll have a guest spot yeah sure. yeah he'll have a cameo or something or maybe even direct <laughs> an episode so um yeah that's cool if there's actual like real like elements going on too hmm. like a real horror element happening i'm on board You know, I just don't want it to be, like, something where it's actually, like, you know, the series Ghost Hunters, you know, where, once again, they never find a fucking ghost. Yeah, but I still feel like it'd be entertaining with them in that scenario. They could, but I think it would get old after a while. I guess. You know, Ghost Hunters eventually got old. Keep it, like, a six-episode series. Yeah, well, I think there would want more out of it. (laughs) But uh, the production for the series will start in September of this year, uh, and the first season is slated for... Uh, it look, it looks like eight, eight episodes, um, and like thirty minute long. Okay. So in length, so simple watch then. Yeah, yeah, should be fun, breezy, you know, and entertaining. So I mean, those guys rarely, you know, giving us anything but entertaining, mm. you know, content. So. Coming soon to theaters. All right, so sticking with horror, uh, we got a new trailer today. Yes. For Haunts.
1: This cannot be ignored. Yes, we're good. doing, we're doing, doing
0: it. it. It's the end. Say Is this supposed to be scary? Oh. On Halloween, a group of friends encounter an extreme haunted house that promises to feed on their darkest fears. The night turns deadly as they come to a horrifying realization that some nightmares are real. And this is by this is actually directed by the writers of A Quiet Place okay. and it's produced by Eli Roth. Um so I expect good sound design.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yes, well, they were the screenwriters. I don't know if they had anything to do True. with the sound design uh, on the movie. Uh, but, <laughs> what did you think of the trailer, Christian? David, if there isn't metal music and a crowd, I'm not going into a haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> that has nobody there. Is that your qualifications? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it's like up here. Death metal, yeah, <laughs> yes. pretty much. So um, It reminded me a lot of that movie, uh house that october built i don't know mm-hmm. if you saw that I, haven't I don't know it's got a bit of a cult following it just didn't do anything for me <laughs> so um i don't know man like i mean the problem with that movie spoilers mm-hmm. is like no one dies in the fucking movie we have all this build up and all this like suspense kind of i shouldn't say all this um but nothing happens at the end so i'd probably hate it so yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> it ends and you're like what the fuck this looks like shit's going to actually happen. It mm-hmm. felt like it had a little bit of a saw element at times. It looks like maybe they're getting stuck in traps or something. Um, I didn't really dig the character designs. It seemed like they were going almost like an, we're from the Midwest, like an amblings like, haunted house type mm-hmm. deal. They had like Ben Cooper like masks on so yeah, like very like old school i feel like castors. they were trying to hit like the strangers but didn't hit it at all yeah with some yeah. other masks i agree i agree although i do feel like production design wasn't bad you know like it looked like a haunted house like i wanted it to look like a real haunted house and mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it had all those elements in it for me um, I just think I'm really wary after, you know, House that Halloween built or October built, whatever the fuck that piece of shit's called. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's got good people behind it. I don't know if this is their directorial, like, debut. Um, you know, and Eli Roth, eh, he's had some stinkers, though, when he's producing. It seems like he's not, if he's yeah. not actually doing, when I saw his name attached at first, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, this looks awesome. But then when I was, like, just producer, I was like, oh, okay. Um... I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to be willing to give it a shot. You know, I don't know if it's going to get a theatrical run or not. It just, I, I haven't heard anything about it. It just kind of came out of nowhere today. For so. me, I'd give it a shot at home at really? the moment. I'm not fully interested we'll in see. this. We'll I'm sure we'll get another trailer. This was just kind of a short trailer too. I don't know if it's more of a teaser. So yeah, they definitely need to sell me a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the concept though. Like yeah. as a kid, did you have that urban legend? Uh, where, like there's a haunted house where they actually like, you know, put their hands on oh, you yeah. and like you win like a thousand dollars if you escape. Like I used I remember this in grade school. Like every fucking October people like So wait, I, like, there this isn't story. a haunted house that does that? <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you, Christian No. <laughs> that still goes on. People uh-huh. still say that all the time, like, yeah, oh, like in New York, yeah. there's like a five floor, yeah, ho- like hotel. Yes, it's that always does... about making it up to, to the, the top last <laughs> floor. <Yes. laughs> now there are extreme haunts out there, mm-hmm. um, but not to that level where they're literally yeah, kidnapping like you. And, and yes. <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine the waivers you'd have to uh-huh. like fill out before you'd get into the house. I mean, that alone, I mean, Jesus Christ, talk about like killing the line. So, um, yeah, no. There's no Hollywood. Be awesome if there were, though. (laughs) So I don't know. All right. Well, next up, we got to talk a movie that came out recently. That's right. Uh, None other than Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: And now our feature presentation.
0: Line. Embarrass yourself like that in front of
1: all those goddamn people. <laughs> Alright, what's the matter, partner? It's
0: official, old buddy. and has been. night and the leaves hanging down the grass Here I am, flat on my ass. Who I got living next door to me?
1: I'm Sharon Tate. I'm in the movie. You're in this? That's me. I play Miss Carlson, the klutz. Charlie's
0: going to dig you. All right, a faded television actor and his stunt double strive to achieve fame and success in the film industry during the final years of Hollywood's golden age in 1969, Los Angeles. All right, man. So that's pretty much the movie right there. Yes. (laughs) In a nutshell. You know, and then some stuff with the Manson family. Mm -hmm. Now, I enjoyed all the ingredients that Tarantino had in this movie. The actors, the performances were all stellar. Um, You know... His shot choices were fantastic. Um, the soundtrack was awesome. You know, I mean, the dialogue, everything. Just you know, this is Tarantino at his most like Tarantino-ish. You know, like that it, it, pure Tarantino. And if you're a Quentin Tarantino fan, mm-hmm. go see this movie, um, which I am. So I'm not. I'm not upset that I saw the movie, uh-huh. but at the same time. For all these great ingredients, you know the meal that I got at the end was, eh, you know, it was it was okay, it was good, it was delicious, mm-hmm. but it wasn't <laughs> something to like, you know, that I'm going to come back and order again. You know if that makes any sense. I guess like I I feel the same way. Where it's like, man, I love all these these elements, but where's this going? What's it like... feels aimless. Yeah, and you know. What makes Tarantino great is, you know, he doesn't, you know, worry about structure. He does his own thing. And that's one thing that I love about Tarantino. Um, He's a madman when it comes to that, you know. Um, But at the same time, just when it comes to the story, I felt like there wasn't enough story Mm -hmm. to sustain this movie, especially at its length. Um, Like, everything was beautiful. Like, you felt like you were there. Like, it's a great period piece. Um, you know, you felt like you're in the late 60s Hollywood and like living the life of Rick Dalton. Um, but, like, literally, there were scenes with um, Brad Pitt's character feeding his dog that were like three minutes, yes. maybe longer. Yes, After, you know, they were like, longer. Like, <laughs> the whole first moment where he goes home for the yes. first time. And you're watching every little thing that he does. Yes. And it's not to build suspense or tension. Um, It's just, you know, I don't know, man. It's like gluttony almost, (laughs) you know. Like, this is like Tarantino, like, just, I don't know, like, overindulging, you know, in, like, cinema. And I'm fine. Like, I, I enjoy that. But, like, there's just so many elements where, like, I think, like, during the second act is where I was suffering the most, where I was just kind of like, where are we going? What's Mm -hmm. happening? Um, You know, and, like, I think probably some of my frustration is, like, I, and this is my fault as a viewer, so I can't really hold it against the movie or Tarantino. I think I had a preconceived notion, like, how much Manson family we're going to get. Yes. You know, because a lot of the early, like, headlines and everything was talking about, like, Tarantino tackling the Manson, you know, family. Um, you know Sharon Tate and everything, mm. um, but like we got like very, very like minuscule like screen time with the Manson family. Like I would have wanted more, no, and I think I, that yeah, could have helped. I wanted you know, a whole the film a lot, lot. more of them um, doing at least something in the background. Yes, like, and I kept keeping my eye open to see if there was something going on because there's. I think there was this one moment where Sharon Tate's just on the town going around. Mm -hmm. And I'm like looking at like, oh, there was this blue car that just seemed to keep following behind her at moments. And I was just like, maybe they're stalking her. Like maybe there's. But there wasn't. There wasn't really anything to it at that point. You know, like the narrative of the film, like I kept on expecting, you know, and maybe once again, this is due to my, you know, me just kind of like having this notion that, you know, it was a lot more had to do with the Manson family. In the film um but i kept on expecting us to like you know race towards this like head-on collision between the manson family mm-hmm. and sharon tate and like rick dalton and you know um brett pitt's character and we never got that like there was no suspense or anything you think it'd be built in having sharon tate be like one of the characters we're kind of following you know where we're like oh we know what happens you know How do we get there? You know, where it just be like this, like impending doom, like looming over the whole film. But I never got that sense whatsoever. And I think they tried to artificially do it with the voiceover at the end because it's like, oh, we know what happens today. And then they just start bullet pointing things. But for me to make that work, I would have needed the voiceover from the beginning of the film, slowly building in to that point. Because the voiceover happens in the very beginning of the film. Um, but then it kind of disappeared just away, yeah. until, like, the third act. And then all of a sudden, you know, I think they're on the flight back from Italy. Mm-hmm. And that's when we get, And you all know, of a sudden we're rushing through everything. I yes, see. yes. And it just didn't, like, build, you know, suspense whatsoever. Um, and spoilers, obviously, at this point. So <laughs> um, we do get there. And, you know, what we got, I actually enjoyed with it i you know it was very tarantino it was very much like inglorious bastards where it's like his revisionist history you know of everything i thought it was a satisfying ending um you know it just goes fucking ape shit for you know 15 20 Mm. minutes um but i dug it you know it was this is probably god i want to say this is probably like tarantino's biggest comedy you know overall Because the movie's funny, like, throughout. It's not just like, you know, oh, here's some, you know, funny beats for the characters, you know. Like, it's, like, pretty much a straight comedy, um, which I I thought was cool. But, man, I just, you know, I think it was just the the lack of the tension, lack of suspense, you know, between the characters and just the fact, just the length overall. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, his movies are usually on the longer side. But there wasn't enough tension or suspense or story to really, like, you know, carry it. So, um, you know, if you're a Tarantino fan, definitely check out this movie. You know, I mean, I, I, I still recommend the movie. You know, it's better than most of the stuff I've seen this year. I'm just kind of let down because, you know, it's not in, like, mm. the top, for me, in the top five of Tarantino movies. You know, I couldn't put it up there. Yeah, you know, he's done nine movies. so It's yeah. not like it's that long of a list, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of like on worst, the it's, it's definitely no. not his best. No, it's definitely not. Now, did you hear that? Like Netflix, like there's another like hour or so that he has yes. in the can that they might put up on Netflix, similar to uh, was the hateful eight. Yes, where they actually became almost like a series, right? They had enough, yeah, they like, put it where it was like episodic; it was one hour each wow. episode, so it was four episodes. So maybe that version of the film, you mm-hmm. know, kind of you know gives more credence to the Manson family and everything. Um, I don't know though. I don't know. Like I dug when we got like you know the interaction when Cle- Cliff Booth like ends up you know mm-hmm. on their ranch and everything, and he's interacting with the characters. I thought that was well done. Um, I wanted more of that. I thought there was great tension in that scene, like when he's going to the house to check on his old friend and everything to see if he's okay. I thought that was, you know, well done. But, you know, it seemed like it was more interested in playing for laughs than it was for, you know, Mm -hmm. that horror element that was kind of almost, you know, I don't know, I was expecting to be, you know, part of the film that never really was. So beautiful film, though. Yes. Like his shots are amazing. <laughs> amazing. So, I mean, just be like, it made you want to be like in that like era. Like, I like, the, like everyone just drove fast. Like, <laughs> which is funny because we are uh, recently lost, Harley Race, right? Mm. And one of the stories that, that everyone was telling was like how insane he would drive. Like, how he was like, you know, the, it's just like a badass like badge that, like, a lot of, like, wrestlers, like, wore back in the day. You know, like, racing 100 miles an hour, town to town and shit. But that was something just across the board in America at that time. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, I felt like this film, like, kind of captured that and everything. Right. The yeah. smoking, like, the amount of smoking <laughs> yes. everyone's doing. Um, so that was fantastic. It was weird. In my theater, someone must have, like, smoked right before they went in. Because, like, it felt like... Did they, like, spray cigarette smell <laughs> to make it, like, go along with the film? There's a theater that does that now, where they've got, like, it's, like, all sensory inclusive, like, sure it's where like they... 5D or something Something like that. crazy, where they, like, spray different scents, they fuck with the temperature in the theater and everything, so... But, yeah, I doubt you were in that theater. No. You would, you would know by the uh, price tag of the yeah. ticket, <laughs> so... Um, any, like, thing else that stands out to you that you want to talk about? I just, I wish that the little elements that they had brought up throughout the film, like, were bigger moments in the end. Like, they do bring up the uh, flamethrower, which I thought was perfect. And I popped that moment. I thought it was a great (laughs) moment, you know? I love the ending of the film. But I was expecting there to be, like, this suspense drama moment where, you know, um, spoilers again. But um, Booth is, like, he's high. The guy's come in there. He's trained the dog to not cry. Mm-hmm. When he's feeding them. So I was thinking, oh man, the guys are going to be coming in, sneaking up behind him. And it'll become this big tension fight. And then maybe he'll like, overcome. Oh, so you wanted them to milk that scene a yes. little more? Okay, I got it it. It, it. it played more for laughs as we've been talking about. Right? Yes, yes. It was still fucking awesome. Oh to yeah. It, I love that <laughs> scene. I love too, and I could be reading into it as just a hardcore horror fan. But I felt like one of the Manson chicks, I can't remember which... When she jumps up and goes fucking ballistic with the knife, it felt like such a nod to like Suspiria because mm-hmm. there's a scene like that, very much like the way she was wielding the knife and everything, just like bad shit crazy. Felt very much like you know his homage to you know Suspiria and probably many other <laughs> '70s horror movies. I love the girl from um, Stranger Things running away. Yes, <laughs> Do you know who her, her parents are? No, Uma Thurman and fucking Ethan Hawke. Oh. Like, I, I was like, that's Robin from Stranger Things. I was like, I'm <laughs> sure that She's great. She's only uh-huh. been in a few things. Um, but yeah, I love, that actually is historically
1: accurate, I think.
0: Or she was there, but she was, like, she didn't participate in real life. So she didn't actually drive away, but she didn't partake in what was going on. She had second thoughts. And then she actually testified against the family later on. So, um, So, yeah, that was one of the elements that were actually historically (laughs) accurate. Not much else, though. Um, I felt like, too, like, and this is going to go back to, like, little complaints, but I felt like they kind of wasted Sharon Tate. Yes. That's a whole big thing. I was like, I don't feel like we're getting anything with her character other than, like, oh, she, you know, we get the part where she goes to see the movie, but then they don't really do anything else with it. Yeah, like, we don't really get to, like, Mm -hmm. I don't hang out with her you know, I mean, we didn't make me care enough. I mean, I I love the story we get with Rick Booth, Yes. With, um, Rick Dalton. Sorry, uh, throughout the... I love his journey to the end. But yes, and he was like he was like it, both Rick and Cliff. Like you wanted to hang out with them. Yeah, they're so likable. All the dialogue landed and everything, as you would you know suspect in a, a Tarantino movie. Um, I like I, but like part of me like during the whole um, all the Italian films that he shoots. Um, Like, I wanted to see those movies. Like, I was like, I want to see this. Like, there's like a spy thriller where Mm -hmm. he's like, you know, racing through the streets of Italy and everything. I was like, I want to see this movie. I want to see Tarantino make this movie like this. I'm like, you know, 15 millimeter, you know, give me that. Um, So, um, and not like, I enjoyed most of this movie, but I thought they were just going to elaborate on her so much more. And like, they get, there's this point where he's like, um, a random character is explaining, you know, like, oh, she was marrying this person, but then married, um, Polanski instead. And, uh. Yes. Oh, at um, the Playboy Mansion. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that went nowhere. I was like, okay, what's. Yeah. Why do I need to see this? She's just kind of in the background. Yeah. You know, we followed her and everything like that. I really thought they were going to use her to build tension. Mm-hmm. Where, like you said, like you're kind of following her and there's that sense of dread of, you know, what's going to happen to this character. I think the the third act would have been a bigger payoff, you know, obviously, if that Mm -hmm. ended up being the case, um, where we're just kind of just, you know, in that sense of, like, doom and gloom, like, oh, God, you know, what are we going to get at the end of this movie? I I was surprised they didn't impose her in her old films. Yeah, they didn't, did they? No. Huh. Because I was, I was kind of, I was like, is that, is that Martin Robbie in the movie? I was like, she looks different. At least it didn't so, seem like it to me. I mean, when they showed Rick they Dalton with, with, uh, in, I forgot the TV show. I know what you're talking uh, about. They superimposed him though. Yeah, yeah, they superimposed and it looked beautiful. It did. It that was did. the best superimpose I've seen. It was, it seen. was seamless. <laughs> it felt like, like camera was actually there, uh-huh. you know. Um, but yeah, like I want to see a Western with like, you know, Rick Dalton playing the lead now, <laughs> you know. Um, it, 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 all the shit with Cliff Booth and his wife and, like, you know, the other stuntmen hating him, uh, like, I thought that was great. You know, I, do you think he killed his wife? Uh um, <laughs> Would I blame him? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great scene. I was like, oh my god. Like, uh, when he dropped that, you know, he got away with killing his wife in the trailer. I was like, what? Wait, what? Like... <laughs> It just the cutaway was classic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna recommend this film. You know, I mean, what star wise out of five, obviously, as always, what would you give this film? I'm gonna give it a three point eight. I'm gonna okay. give it a really high three. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna go. Th- I'm gonna go. Th- Three and a half. Okay. But I feel like over time it's going to be something where I rewatch it. I'm just going to enjoy it more and more. Um, I was kind of the way with Hateful Eight where like when I first watched it, I felt like it was a little lackluster lackluster, and then I came back to it and I kind of enjoyed it, Mm. you know, the more I sat with it. Um, You know, because there's definitely scenes that I'll never forget and I loved, but just, you know, all together... You know, as a piece of cinema, I just just Mm kind of... I don't know, I was just let down. And like once again, that that might have to do with my expectations. So, which is unfortunate, because, you know, it's not fucking Quinton's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Who the fuck... Who am I? (laughs) I I always try to say... um, He is a director that I feel is always worth the ticket price to go see in a theater. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Whether you end up loving the movie or not. So, I mean, he makes cinematically beautiful films that deserve to be on a massive screen well it's the thing like he's typically like he does genre but Mm -hmm. he makes it so cinematic you know and i love genre but then like he makes it so cinematic and so beautiful like he just gets the best out of it um where like this didn't feel like a genre film this was like an homage to like films about genre almost (laughs) So I was thinking that maybe he was just trying to get that nineteen sixties feel as much as possible. Yeah, yeah like a ballad to that, mm-hmm. you know, that era, that that time and place. And that's really what it felt like. But it was just a little too overindulgent for me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> just a little too much like literally like four minutes of the guy feeding his dog. Mm. Four minutes. And it just cuts to like the next day. It's not like we're leading into another scene to build something. Like, it literally just cuts to yes. the next. <laughs> well, then we gotta move on to comics. All right, Christian, what did we read this week? All right, well, starting off comics, we have Absolute Carnage number one. We're getting into the new series for Carnage. Yes. Um, and Venom in general. Yes, this is going to be a mini series, five issues long. Uh, it's by Donnie Katz, um, and it is penciled by Ryan Stigman. It feels anything but (laughs) mini. It was an epic first Mm -hmm. issue. It was 60 some pages long. So, in that straight story, there wasn't like, you know, the main story and then we get some little backstories happening. Um, It was straight stories. So, obviously, they wanted to get everything they could get out of that first issue. I don't know if all the issues are going to be that long. I kind of hope not. Um, Setup wise, I thought it did a good job because obviously I felt, you know, we missed a lot there's been a lot of miniseries like Mm -hmm. leading up to this and everything building up to this story um but i i I thought they caught us up well you know where basically it seems like carnage is trying to collect all of these little pieces of symbiotes that are attached to people that have worn the suit in the past so then he could use them to awaken this god that's you know the planet that they come from is basically holding hot like mm-hmm. in prison, so like the planet itself, I guess, is supposed to be like a cell for this guy, yes. um, just made out of symbiotes, yes, yes. Which I thought, well, okay, well, it's a novel idea, you know. Um, we've had many different, like, you know, god, especially in the 90s, many different carnage and venom stories right. and everything like that, and they've that's a new premise that I have never heard before. Um, but we are basically following Eddie Brock, which I was kind of surprised. I thought we would get, you know, um Peter as like the main, you know, protagonist, and that's not the case. He seems to be more of, you know, the sidekick for Eddie in this story, which I guess makes sense. Um, but overall, I thought it was okay. Like I didn't think it was great. Like it 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 wasn't a page turner, you know, and I, I I I'm not a huge fan of the design of Carnage. In this, too, I think that might be throwing me off a little. He looks very much like, almost like a Slender Man version of, you know, Carnage. I guess. I mean, he was still big in comparison to everyone else. He was. No, but I meant, like, height-wise. okay. He feels too big to me. Whereas, like, is this, and I, like, I miss stuff. I was like, is this, like, is Cletus, like, a corpse or something at this point? Like, you can see his rib cage Mm. and his spinal column and everything. Just the character design kind of threw me off. But I I don't know the backstory. Yeah, Um, I think they were, you know, they explained, you know, he was dead and decaying, so probably when they brought him back to life, this is what he looks like. That's that's what I got from it, at least. So that must have been, okay, because I must have just read right over that, so I wasn't sure that, you know, if he was, because he definitely looks like he's the zombified (laughs) version of Cletus. So And I, I feel like we're not getting as much of his personality as he stalks them, too. Um, you know, just this kind of like, you know, once again, I harken back to Woody Harrelson, but you know, he, Carnage always reminded me of Mickey from Natural Born Killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I feel like we're not getting that, you know, from him, but I mean, there's still plenty of story to be told, especially if they're all 60 pages long. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, also I think one thing that I just, I felt like went nowhere was like the inclusion of the kid, the whole like storyline between Eddie and the possible, He's calling, I think he's saying that he's his brother, but it's actually his son. Um, To, like, protect him. Plus, he doesn't, like, want to, like, accept responsibility and stuff like that. And this might be, once again, me not knowing the backstory and, like, reading up to that. Like, I didn't read the Venom series or anything like that. So, you know, obviously, he probably plays a key role. It it definitely felt like stuff that all happened way before this. And we're just kind of interjecting. Yes, so it's not really the storyteller's fault, yes. but, you know. <laughs> They've so, had all this. But it didn't make really. me want to go back and read those stories, sure. you know, Too at the same time, so. Um, I, I mean, I like the interactions between Eddie and Peter throughout this. I love yes. their moment of, I hate <laughs> the shit. Yes, it felt very authentic, like their relationship mm. that's been established over years. So I did dig that. Um, you know, I thought they also, as storytelling-wise um dynamic like when he has a really heavy exposition scene they chose to like have spider man like being the of those burglars at the same time like over the panels Mm -hmm. so it wasn't just like straight exposition you know um so i thought that was well done but yeah overall i mean i thought it was okay I'll, i'll pick up a second issue i just wasn't blown away by it i think yeah um all right so what do we have next House of X number two by Jonathan Hickman. So it's basically a standalone story about Maura, who's been a long time, you know, supporting cast player Mm. for the X-Men and everything. Um, But we're finding out some big revelations about her. Basically, she's a mutant and an Omega-level mutant um, that has never been hinted at or anything. um, But... I love what they did with it. I actually, like, I was like, okay, this makes sense. It kind of checked all the boxes, logic wise, um, for where we're at now, currently, you know, with her story. But basically, <laughs> her whole power is uh, reincarnation. She is born, she lives, and then when she dies, she gets reincarnated with all the memories she had of her past life from like the womb like they actually show her in the womb and it seems like she's realizing you know who she is in the womb which is crazy um but she kind of like goes like through these different lives and it's showing you like how like these different choices affected the timeline and everything um you know she realized she's a mutant so she goes on this like crusade to cure you know um the mutant gene you know, and then she realizes she's wrong. So she goes back and she tries to, like, okay, well, what if I get into this relationship with Professor X? How can I help, you know, um, you know, the cause? And then, you know, it ends poorly, you know, with Sentinels, as it always does with the X-Men. Yes. Um, then she goes ahead and she becomes, like, um, more aggressive and she joins up with Magneto, you know, and that ends poorly too. So then she goes to Apocalypse and joins up with Apocalypse, um, <laughs> It was, it was good storytelling. Like, I enjoyed it as a story, um, you know. And then we basically get her to, like, she chooses kind of to, like, play more in the background, which is we get this version of more, you know, in the 616. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like she set up, like, this alternate reality. Like, I like, because that's the only way I can explain it. Yes. Like, I don't feel like she's rebooting time. I feel like it's almost like I'm guessing it's alternate realities where she dies. I don't think that timeline just stops existing. I think probably it goes on and then she goes into like an alternate reality. I'm hoping because then it's just a mess. <laughs> I'm hoping it's just like a younger time stream every time she goes Yeah, in. I mean, because it, it, basically, I mean, Marvel then has a like a back door to reboot their time, yes. you know, their whole continuity <laughs> anytime they want. Just kill Mora off, you know? Um, yeah, but I don't think that's that. I don't think it's something they'll they'll use at any point. But um, I don't know. I, I dug it. I really did dig the story. Um, I don't know how it's going to tie into everything else that's going mm-hmm. on with the X-Men right now. Um, we do get that scene again between her and Professor X where she goes ahead and, you know, allows him to read her mind and he, you know, realizes like oh my god you know here's all the different timelines and i don't know if that's going to change how he sees things because we also that was another timeline we did get where he basically becomes more aggressive and he you know starts his own like you know mutant like country and you know he's basically a separatist where he's you know keeping them out and everything until it ends poorly again so (laughs) Um, so we'll see how it all works, you know how it all ties to that first issue and everything, and where he's planning on going. But something that Mora is going to do is going to affect, you know, you know, the X Men's, you know, story from mm. here out. Well, I assume he would have to like that. Now he's soaked up all of her knowledge, or maybe he'll use her for that. Like, what mistakes did I make here, or mm-hmm. how I can play with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great like retcon for that character Mm. because she has meant a lot to the x-men in the past um and she's always had a you know a big part of their story you know throughout you know the decades so it's a nice use of that character and um just a huge reveal though for like long time x-men fans (laughs) so um but it didn't feel like shoehorned in either which i I appreciate it because it felt like okay. This it felt almost organic, like it all lined up. If that makes sense. Yes, it made sense to the storyline. Yes, and everything. I was like things. okay, I could see why she would choose to be more passive now after all these you know well, yeah. attempts, you know, <laughs> of shit like ending poorly. So, and it does a good job. Once it does, lean a lot into you know his use of you know, um, like timelines, and it looks like files and shit like that he does it a couple times a lot less than what we got from uh, powers of x but he still is using those you know as like storytelling devices so but it it worked with Mm -hmm. this Um, especially when they laid out the timelines i thought that was well done so definitely check out all those little insertions that he has throughout the book don't skip those because you could easily get lost um what did you think christian i mean i like the concept of Mm -hmm. like this character who is just constantly reliving and going through different timelines, I guess. But, yeah, at the time, I was kind of confused on how it all works. Yeah. You know, is she just rebooting the Marvel Universe when no one knows it? Yeah, you know? and you're <laughs> not, like, a lifelong X-Men fan either, so it's, like, is someone who's, you know, newer to No, I was one. just like, oh, X-Men. okay, yeah, she's a mutant. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't, like, you, I don't know if that would be in a big... Uh-huh. A big root. I thought we were know. just following a character. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, like, kind of that novelty isn't there, so, um... Yeah, yeah. So that's why I was interested to see how you would react to it. It was more just trying to figure out where we're going. Yeah. Well, I the still... fact is that he chose this like kind of standalone story as the second, mm-hmm. you know, issue of the series. So, but what's nice about it, I think what helps is the fact that that it's like biweekly, so it's coming out like every other week. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like moving on. You're not having to wait a month in between. So I think I'd be a little more annoyed with it if that was the case. <laughs> um so yeah no definitely it you know i mean we'll see how powers is next week yes all right so up next we have punisher number 14 yes i feel like rosenberg's back on track Uh, um, after the whole like you know hydra nation storyline um you know we're back in new york and everything (laughs) he was a one-man wrecking crew as always he basically Mm -hmm. destroyed everything zemo had going you know and Bangladesh is it called i can't think of, i don't know how to pronounce the nation so basically a nation of super villains um but yeah he comes there and he fucking destroys it on his <laughs> own which is badass um, but he's back in new york yes. and zemo's there you know under kind of the care of kingpin um but man once again the action just balls to wall like they you know it opens up with a scene of you know this woman trying to find her keys in her purse um And someone's behind her, and she, like, you know, suspects it and starts going for, I don't know what, like a stun gun or something. Uh, But then she turns around, and it's fucking Frank, you know, holding the would-be mugger, you know, with his throat cut, you know, um, just, you know, being the punisher, you know, he's back in his city where he (laughs) belongs. Uh, But then right away, the next page, you realize, oh, she's actually a Hydra agent, and that's why he's there. (laughs) So yeah, he took care of the mugger, but at the same time, you know, he's there for her. She's really, you know, what he's hunting. So um, just a well-done scene and everything like that. I guess she was like one of the first people, one of the first, you know, former Hydra agents to come out um, of hiding. So, um, but he's not playing around with that shit, you know? You stay in hiding or I'm going to get you. So I, I just... I love his drive, you know. In yeah, this, um, it's a little up. hypocritical at times, but yes. What? Why is that? Well, because he was blindly loyal to Hydra at one yeah, point. Yeah, but that's the whole point. They tricked him, yes. so you know. But he, he, they do a great job too in this book of establishing his motives, of what makes him the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, he has a scene, I, it, it's very like topical because it actually was in the news. I guess there was like, and I don't know exactly all the details of the story, but there was a um, group of like police officers in another state that were like, they had, their rocking like the Punisher, like logo on their stuff. Mm. And I don't know if it's like, I, I, I'm assuming it was because they were going to be more vigilant towards criminals and stuff. So I don't know how far that was going to go. But um, he runs into some police officers who have the Punisher logo, you know, like they show him on like their, the bumper of their car or something like that. Um, and he's like, well, what's this? And he's like, we stand with you. You know, we believe in your cause and everything. Um, and Frank's like, not having it at all. He's like, no, I'm me. You know, I'm not doing this. You know, I'm not a hero. You know, I'm a vigilante. You took an oath. You're the heroes. You know, you have to do what's right. You can't all be me. <laughs> there can only be one me. So it was a really, like, nice moment and everything. Um, you know, because he's he, he, basically, he knows he's a psychopath. You know, <laughs> so... Um, but, yeah, so basically you have Zemo and Kingpin having great interactions going back and forth. It's just a game of chess between the two characters. The UN has somehow... They've sent, like, a, like, small army to hunt for the Punisher in New York because he calls an international, like, yes. you know, incident, so they're, like, Kingpin is having to allow these soldiers in, but half of them are Hydra agents, so, um, you know, and then Zemo is there, and he wants Zemo to help haunt, obviously, Zemo wants to get his hands on Frank, but, um, Zemo goes under the guise of the Thund- Thunderbolts, which he was originally, uh, Citizen V and everything like that, and... He brings back some of the old characters from the Thunderbolts and everything like that. So he's hmm. under the guise of this like superhero team. So they do this press conference and everything. When Wilson is sitting there reading off the teleprompter and like he gets the last line, he's like, "You gotta be kidding me!" He's like the Thunderbolts and there's Simo <laughs> in his garb and everything. You know, with the American flag as a cape and everything, very much like you know, um, Homelander mm-hmm. from uh, The Boys. Um, you know, it it was a really nicely done scene. So you've got this, you know, superhero squad hunting for the Punisher along with this, like, military, you know, um, you know unit going after the Punisher. He's truly on an island onto himself. But then a Black Widow um, comes in and she's still trying to help him and everything. But he's not having it because last time she tried to help him, he ended up being betrayed by Nick Fury, yes. who sends him off to, you know, uh, Hydra Nation. Um, but she convinces him basically that you know he needs help, and she like Night Thrasher ends up aiding them from the New Warriors. I don't know if you're familiar with the character; it's kind of random, but okay. yeah, <laughs> um, Moon Knight is there, oh, right. and then my favorite, Danny Ketch, Ghost Rider. So right off the bat, I'm excited.
1: Uh, Frank
0: <laughs> actually goes and gets uh, Danny's help. Danny's, like, tending bars somewhere in New York and everything like that, and he tries to convince him to come help. Well, he knocks him out, you know, and then brings him to, like, basically a scene where they're about to get attacked, and Danny has to switch over to the Ghost Rider. So, you know, now he's got his own little, like, superhero squad, you know, and they're, like, it ends with them, like, all right, we know Zemo's here, we're going. You know, we're attacking. Uh, Hydra's taking over every block. You know, so they're going to be on the warp path, and they're going straight for Zemo in uh, Kingpin's tower. So that's how the issue ended. And it, it, <laughs> th- this is pure Punisher, uh-huh. like you know, through and through everything I want from a Punisher series. You know, it is checking all the boxes for me. Um, you know, and it's just just you know fun. It's a fun book. No, this is definitely far beyond what they were doing before.
1: Yes, yes. Are oh, you
0: talking about when they're in? Um, uh, but Bangalow, blah, blah no I'm just saying the series uh, running beforehand and I don't even remember who the writer was oh it's okay. just like I didn't read that series right? it, it just felt like they were trying too much to like oh here's you know John Berthol as uh, Punisher oh, and, like tied into and like here's the all the events going on that's kind of similar to the movies it's like when he had the war machine suit and everything oh it was yeah. just kind of like yeah, it was not I was that actually school. interested in that to see like how that was done you know I liked how it ended I did read that mm-hmm. but I, I didn't really you know get into the series too much so Uh, but this definitely feels like my Punisher from like the mid 90s which I'm digging so Um, but they I don't know how they're it's not a max line but they don't fuck around Mm. with like the violence and everything it's all there you know in the panels so Um, he's oh there's a great interaction between like Moon Knight and everything they uh, Rosenberg is doing a great job writing Moon Knight Um, so I I wouldn't actually mind to see him work on the Moon Knight series after this Mm. so and you know how much I love Moon Knight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny Ketch Ghost Rider, god damn it. A uh, perfect book for you. So yeah, so pick up this book if you're not. reading Yes. It. All right, uh we're on to wrestling. Christian, you like podcasts? I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new PodCoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts really yes yes you get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. but what could i even use digital currency on gift cards um amazon starbucks i believe they even have target um you can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want wow if you're actually a good person Unlike yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Damn it. Me like, too. Daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Uh, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NERDSHOW, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well... Wait till the end of the episode (laughs) (laughs) and go download PodCoy. All right. The pod player that pays. The World Wrestling Federation has filled the Middle East Arena
1: in SummerSlam. The wait, the anticipation is over. Now it's time to feel the
0: heat. All right, Damon, the bell has rung. It's time for wrestling for motherfucking SummerSlam. <laughs> What's SummerSlam's theme song? I don't know. I feel like there's one where it's pretty much the same as the WrestleMania theme song.
1: Yeah, it's so very
0: similar. Are you talking about like the Pump It Up one? Yeah. The Pump it up, pump it up, yo. Right? Yeah. I just, oh man, that's good shit. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> it's 90s goodness right there. <sighs> I was never a SummerSlam guy. You know? As a kid, growing up, watching it, like, it always depressed me because I was either, like, it was, like, the weekend before I was going back to school <laughs> or, like, right yeah. afterwards. I was always like, why did not they put this in July? Yes, because it'd be more of a thing. Yeah, it's at the end. Like, it feels like it's in the middle of mm-hmm. fall or, like, the beginning of fall. Please. So, um, all right, man. Well, let's talk about this card. Yes. Um, and in no particular order, we have the matches. We will go ahead and we'll preview them a little and try to predict them if that's possible.
1: Um, I'm going to
0: start from the bottom of this list. Drew Gulak versus Oni Lorkin for the Cruiserweight Championship. And I'm going to say the same thing we say every time we talk about 205 Live. That you watch every week. <laughs> You're super into it. It's the best on television. I literally have no idea what the hell's going on <laughs> in this show um, or with these guys. Um, I almost miss when they would have them kind of featured on Raw because mm. I felt like I had a better concept of what was happening. Um, I and I felt like the crowd at least knew who they were, but now like, no one watches 205 Live, so when they put them on these pay-per-views, they have no clue who they are, and they get no reaction. Nope. So, um, <laughs> But I'm going to say uh, Gulak. Um, I'm going to go Gulak, just because it's early on his title run. Sure. You know. Yeah. We'll see what happens, though. We'll see if they end up doing that little merger with NXT and we mm-hmm. get that Wednesday show where, you know, it's, you know, basically counter-programming to AEW. Would You think they would make it two hours at that point? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I could see them doing that. They, they've got enough fucking wrestlers, you know? <laughs> That's for sure. I don't know if they would be live, Um but I have a feeling that Vince would be willing to do anything to take you know AEW down a notch, mm-hmm. um, and it's a smart move. you know that's the same you know fan base if you think about it. NXT and you know the the people who watch you know AEW the fans who would actually watch you know NXT and um, two hundred five yeah. live. So the more hardcore wrestling fans. So um, I just hope that it doesn't screw things up for NXT. That's my biggest fear. Um, I so, just feel like you know if it's still featured, is it still going to be featured on the network at all? I don't know. I don't know. They haven't announced anything. It's just a big rumor at this point, but they've got time. You know, um FX one, I believe, is what it would be on. They're the sports channel. Um it, it's definitely got a smaller audience mm-hmm. though, than like TNT does. So I don't know if it's gonna really do much harm to AEW. And then yeah, like you said, if it's on the network Yeah, you can you just know. stream with the next And that party. was that's always a selling point for me with the network is NXT. So I don't know if that's going to end up hurting them in the long run, but we'll see. Anyway, <laughs> no, n- no reason to even try to read what the mm. crazy man's thinking right now, because it's just impossible. Uh, next up, we have the dream match. Generations, a match that Christian has been just dying yeah. for mm. um, since I've so known him at least. He was always <laughs> like, Damon, could you imagine if Trish Stratus would face off against <sighs> my favorite wrestler? Charlotte Flair. Damon, I already had my dream match for Trish. Ooh, this was was that was her teaming up with Snooki <laughs> in WrestleMania. <laughs> oh my god, I fucking forgot about that. Oh, that was a horror show. Mm. Jesus Christ, was it after Trish retired? Yes, I believe so. So, because I was thinking about that this week, I was like, Trish, I feel like has come out of retirement multiple times mm. at this point. Um, so I don't know how special it really is. I know they wanted to have a match for Charlotte, you know, which makes sense, but. I don't know. I don't know. And they're in Canada, so I think that's a big reason why they got Trish. They were rumored, you remember Trish and Lita were rumored to be part of the tag division at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yeah, they realized that. they don't give a shit about the tag division. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um I felt like the build-up has been good for this though. I, I've actually enjoyed it. I mean, it's been short, but it's been effective. Um I I'm gonna man, usually I would say since it's you know a, you know a legend coming that I would kind of suspect that you know especially a caliber of wrestler like Charlotte they would be having the legend doing the job yeah you know but I'm gonna say since they're in Canada they might actually go ahead and let her get the win especially if it's featured early on in the show I guess but I, I could see they see them opening up with this I, I'm going full Charlotte. You know, yeah, you put her over even more as a heel. And that's, I mean, moves. that's old school booking, and mm-hmm. I agree. You know where um, it use it to build Charlotte. I just feel like Charlotte doesn't need it. Like she, like she's still so built up at this point. Like she doesn't she need doesn't it harder to lose. But well, at the same time, she hasn't been on television for a while, so maybe it's just like you know, r- reminder. <laughs> I think McMahon is more focused on his audience than he ever has been mm-hmm. in the past where he wants at least the optics of the crowd being into it, where I could see him being hesitant to giving them that finish of Trish losing, just because the fear of them shitting on other matches or losing the crowd halfway through the show. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say Trish is going to pick up the win here. And you got Charlotte? I got Charlotte. Okay. I know so, she's your uh, favorite. So. Uh, speaking of Vince making the crowd happy... We have Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. Once again, <laughs> as much as I cannot stand Goldberg, and I you know I was watching Nitro in the 90s when he was a big deal, I've always, always not been a fan mm. of Bill Goldberg. Um, I just... He epitomizes everything that was wrong with Nitro. Um, you know, the phony streak, um, just the fact that he can't wrestle, he hurts people, um, the bad booking. Um, that was not his fault actually. at, at certain points. Um, this was this was well done, actually. Like the reveal mm. of Goldberg, I thought was okay, surprisingly. Um, and if I'm sure part of this is to get that bad taste out of everyone's mouth after, you know, the super show or the fuck they call it nowadays, the Saudi show. Um, so I understand them wanting to have, like, the spectacle of Goldberg on the show. Especially since they don't have, like, Undertaker or something else, you know, Mm. out there. And I think this makes it a little more bearable since, you know, Undertaker's also not on this, you know, card. Um, So, but they did this whole reveal where it's supposed to be Miz, you know, signing the contract with Dolph. Um, Everyone knew, the cat was out of the bag, you know, after, you know, know, a week that it was going to actually be Goldberg. But um, they put HBK in the ring with them, too. And they, at one point, seemed like they were teasing that it was actually going to be HBK. Like, Ms. stops. And he's like, and I can't wait to, you know, wrestle you on Monday. And Dolph stops. And then HBK kind of gets in his face. Um, so the crowd was smart enough, though, at that point to know, like, they heard the rumors, too. Because mm-hmm. they all started chanting Goldberg. You know, but when he came out and everything like that, the crowd went fucking nuts. So, I mean, people were into it. Um, It was well done. You know, HBK at the end, too. Like, I ended up hitting a super kick on Dolph. You know. So, this is going to be a complete squash. It's going to be probably less than a minute long. If it's over three minutes, it's gone on too long. But you know what I want to see happen? What? Dolph roll him up and get the win? No. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's not going to happen. I would love a Fiend attack after the match. It's not going to happen. Well, because the Fiend is wrestling on the card. Yeah. He could have the match before this match. I'd be terrified that that would end up having to be a program, then. I don't see Goldberg going away on that note for a long period of time where like Vince would have to promise him like a, a win over the Fiend, which mm-hmm. I just... I want to protect the Fiend as much as possible. I guess. so. Um, but yeah. yeah I, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing it, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I... If they have to, but Goldberg works when you hide all of his flaws, so sure they discovered that last time he was here. So hopefully, they you know make up for their mistake at Saudi Arabia where they put him in like a fucking 10 minute match, um, and you know just have this be over with. So, um, and then I'm sure Dolph will be back on vacation again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we have next? Uh, AJ Styles versus Ricochet for the United States Championship. Did you see uh, the OC this week? I did not. Did you see uh, Luke wearing the uh, makeup? No. He was what? wearing the New Japan makeup. Oh, okay. He had the, the face paint and everything. I was like, oh, fucking Christian would be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, before. yeah. Total badass, man. I was like, okay. Yeah, they definitely want to keep them happy, so... Um, and we know they've signed the contract and everything mm-hmm. so they're on board but yeah i'm excited for this match I, I feel like they kind of lost steam over the last two weeks mm-hmm. um ricochet's been hurt so okay. he's kind of been out of commission and they've been trying to choose like where they use him so um i feel like aj' has been kind of overexposed the last couple of weeks just too many matches and everything like that uh, I don't think it helps the OC out you know I hate the fact that I'm even calling them the OC at this point <laughs> I'm gonna call them the fucking club for now uh, so I feel like it did, did. they booked them pretty strong last we saw them um, but you know I, I want to see them just mauling people for mm. the first month or two where they just seem like a legitimate threat again because they have to do a lot to build up you know Gallus and Anderson after a couple years of just you know nothingness, yeah, you know, I feel like they need to make them monsters, like reestablish them as that team that you have to you know they're, they're dangerous and you you have to be wary of them, um, especially, especially as a a, a newly yeah you know, a new faction you know um, that they're bringing back. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, well, who do you have going over here? Christian? Um, I mean, I agree. I think AJ Styles needs the win to keep keep the like oc going mm-hmm. you know <laughs> dick <laughs> <laughs> so you got aj styles yeah yeah, aj styles i'm gonna actually agree with you here like part of me wants to say yeah this is just trying to get like ricochet a bigger moment on a big stage but i think they probably feel like there's legs to the program and mm. they're gonna want to you know carry on with you know, AJ versus Ricochet. So I could see them defeating him due to, like, outside interference or something like that. I'm moving on. Unless they want to fucking, like, pull AJ, you know, get the title off him and so to put him in, like, the title picture, you know, um, for Raw. Because I could see that too. But no, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's it's going to be AJ, you know, retaining the title. Mm. So, but build up, you know, ricochets kind of like mystique at this point i just realized there isn't a single tag team championship match no and there's a but there's a few matches where i feel like they're gonna get announced Mm -hmm. we're recording this on thursday um and i didn't see anything when we went on mike but um i'm i wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow we don't get some announcements you know because i was expecting ali versus nakamura Mm -hmm. on this um card um i was also expecting like maybe the usos versus the Club. But, no, it hasn't been announced yet. So I could see some, like, you know, pre-show shit. Because pre-show for SummerSlam is, like, two hours fucking long for oh. some reason. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the... Do so they, they do the that for four. all the big four? Or yeah. No? Okay. Yeah, pretty much. So, I don't... You know, there, a lot of people... At least it used to be the, the thought was... The thought process was that SummerSlam was the second biggest show of the year. I don't feel like it's felt that way for a long time. I still feel like that's their target. Like this is supposed to be they our try. halfway points. Yeah, they try, but it's not even really the halfway. Point. Um, you know, fucking math, Vince. Um, but I, I feel like Ro- the rumble is the you know the biggest you know pay per view besides you know mania mm. at this point. So just over the last like decade, I feel like that's become more of a thing. So, but yeah, um, what do we have next? Uh, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt, a singles match. Yeah, this is gonna be a squash. Yeah. I've got Finn. Finn's going away. He's going on vacation mm-hmm. for a couple months. So, and this is, you know, Bray's first match as the theme. So, if it's anything else but squash, I'm actually be annoyed. I heard people like speculating whether or not he comes out as the demon. I was like, I hope not. Like, cause that, to me, that means it's going to be actually. like Usually a match. they build up to it or the week of, they're like, oh, I'm coming as a demon. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately, that hokey, too. Yeah. Um, so there was that weird tongue thing that he was doing. Yes. Uh, the last time What's we saw. About? So um but I could definitely see like him, you know, t- you know putting him down quickly and then like at, in, like 3 months, you know, start the program up again, you know, and then tease, you know, the demon. Yes, but I'd still want the feed to go over <laughs> the demon. I would. I would uh, at that point too, but I mean, I don't know we'll see what happens, you know. We'll see where Bray's at. You know, I want Bray to be in the title picture. It would be nice. So they had him attack uh, Kurt Angle on Mm -hmm. Raw. Um, It was okay. It went over pretty well. Um, He's using the mandible claw still. So do do you think you have Angle come back out of retirement just to you know forget? No, No. I'm sure they we'll eventually get an Angle match, but not against Bray Mm -hmm. at this point. So um, they're definitely using. The whole Firefly Funhouse thing to cut his promos, hmm. you know, which is is has been well done, you know. I'm glad that we aren't getting too far away from that, you know. So and they're they're still fucking man, they're still effective. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all right, so what do we have next? Um, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. If Owens loses, he will be forced to quit. This was ridiculous on Smack. So you know how we've been talking about like how stupid it is that Kevin's putting up his career, but Shane's not putting up Mm -hmm. his, you know, his, I guess his career, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. So Kevin comes out and he's like, almost kind of like borderline pleading with Shane to put up his career. You know, why don't you put up your career? And Shane's basically like, no, I'm not stupid. Why would I do that? (laughs) Like that was basically the segment, Uh. you know, and I don't know if they felt like they had to answer all the critics for some reason but it like went nowhere. I was like, okay, like unless like Vince comes out, you know, later on in the show and says, "No Shane, guess what? You are going to put in your put up your in-ring career." Which didn't happen. So I don't understand why they booked this match this way. And it makes me fearful that Kevin's actually going to lose his career. Um you know, I mean, for storyline. Yeah, I he see. loses and then he just comes back and he keeps yes. attacking people. Where the, and that, which will get him over. You know, We talked mm-hmm. about that last mm-hmm. week. But um, I don't know, man. I just don't want to see Shane anymore. <laughs> That's my thing. So I yes. was just, I was because that was the big, you know, rumor mm-hmm. with the storyline was like, okay, this is going to end up being, you know, Shane's last match for a while. He's going to be written off TV using Kevin. So, and then they announced the, you know, stipulations. I was like, oh no, but, It's totally one-sided. It doesn't make any sense. So, um, whatever. You know, um, I'm going to actually say Shane wins here. Yeah, I have Shane going over. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) I'm waiting for Shane to take the title off of Kofi. It's just such a (laughs) sweaty mess. Oh, God. Do you think that's how they end up bringing back, like, Kevin? Like, as this vigilante, they have, like, Shane book himself into a match with Kofi, and it looks like he's about to win, and then Kevin comes out and saves the day. You know, stuns him and then runs away through the crowd. I could see it. I hate it, though. <laughs> I'm just done. I'm done with Shane. <laughs> we got rid of all the other McMahons, but Shane's still lingering. Yep. All right, what do we have next? Uh, Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. It's 2009 all over again, David. And Christian's a happy boy. <laughs> Why do they work so well together? It makes you. No He's sense. in his PJs holding his Kofi Kingston action <laughs> figure. <laughs> um uh, all right man well so the randy's been on vacation <laughs> for the last two weeks but it's actually worked out because we've gotten like some decent like production work from wwe you know mm. they're doing some great promo packages and everything uh to build up the match you know really harking on you know the storyline between them in 2008 and all the rumors backstage so it's it's worked well um i'm jesus christ I hope, you know, Randy is going to be ready for the match when they come back after taking that vicious RKO from his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's posted on our Facebook page, so give us a follow. Really well done, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your expectations for this match? Um, I'm, I'm hoping that Kofi's going over. Um, I'm hoping that it's just, you know, because I, I believe Orton won last time, right? back in 2009 it was like oh yeah it was uh almost like he was just pissing all over kofi at that point he well, he botched a spot or something like that yeah, sure. and he actually got pissed off in the, of the ring and started screaming stupid at the top of his lungs no i'm hoping so. that this is a redemption you know this is uh, kofi getting you know, finally the last laugh and everything yeah i you know my thing is with kofi right now is like i want him to like go into like actually have a big program to establish his title run because he's doing all these like one off like matches with contenders. Mm. And I feel like there's not like that signature like program, you know, for his run right now. And we're like, what, like four months in? Yeah. So, you know, I agree. I feel like Kofi should go over, but I'm wondering if they go ahead and pull the trigger on Randy and then they have Kofi chasing again, you know, and eventually getting the belt back. You know, Randy doesn't need the title, but I feel like Kofi's run right now needs something else. So, unless there's some way where you can kind of, you know, maybe it ends up being a schmaz and, you know, you get a rematch out of it, or something like that, and they can go into a deeper program because I feel like they have it has legs and they, they could get something more I could, than just one match out of this. I could see Kofi getting the roll up and then Morton going nuts and beats the shit out of them or punts him like in that. the end. Oh, nice! That would be a great callback uh-huh. too. I like it. Book it. That's really nice. A, <laughs> bring back the puns because he teases it once in a uh-huh. while, but they never do it. Um, that would be awesome, and Kofi would sell the shit out of it too. Where he, like puts him out for a while, mm-hmm. and maybe he they even have to like strip him of the title or something. So you could do something like that, and then you could have him lose that way. So then like he's the rightful fucking you know mm-hmm. champion. You know he never really lost the belt. Yeah, well, so I'm afraid they do that, and then they just don't care and they forget about Kofi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's always a possibility too. As long as he's not really injured, I don't think they'll forget about uh-huh. him. So it's when a, when a wrestler actually gets injured, then they tend to forget about him and move on. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm gonna say Kofi wins here. I'm gonna go Kofi. I, I, hope, I feel like Randy's gonna be motivated for this, you know. So I, I feel like we're gonna mm-hmm. get a good match, you know. I'm expecting a lot out of this match. All right. So uh, next up, we have Bailey versus Ember Moon. Once again on SmackDown, they fucking have Ember Moon looking weak, and I just don't understand the fucking booking. They have them in a tag match. I, I can't even remember who the fuck was in the match. It was forget forgettable. Um, it was I th- was it fucking no, not Trish. It was anyway. So N- Natalia's in the match mm-hmm. and she ends up putting um, Ember in the sharpshooter outside of the ring. The ref has to fucking call for the bell bell because she won't release it. And then Bailey comes out and saves Ember. Hmm. I was like all they've done the past couple weeks is make ember look weak. I mean, they fucking had her, you know, basically get chosen to be the number one contender. It wasn't necessarily earned. Um they did have the nice moment where like she turned on Bailey kind of and threw her in the ring to Charlotte. That was a good moment. I did enjoy that. But then like the next week they had her get pinned by Alexa Bliss. So like I <laughs> and then after that they have her like, you know, Getting like you know, beat up by Natalia outside of the ring, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just not good booking, and it makes me feel like she's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> I, that's what i was going to say. It like, sounds like she's winning. Yes, <laughs> but at the same time, it doesn't do anything for her. No, you know, like I'm not looking forward to this match at this point. Like it's just not good buildup. You know, I, it, it's just like they forget about winning streaks and stuff like that, and building like wrestlers you know, organically, mm. you know, wins and losses, you know. It's a concept that's just been lost lately, the last couple of years in WWE. So, um, you know, I, I do expect to get a good match out of this. Hopefully they have enough time to do it. Um, I'm going to say Ember wins here, you know, because I feel like they they realize they need to build other wrestlers up in the women's division. Um, I mean, I'm, at the end of the day, I feel like this might just end up being a one-off for her. And it'll be a Bailey going on. That's that's what I'm fearful of. (laughs) If if there was a time to bring Sasha back, it would be nice to have her come running in here. And what though? Attacking Bailey. But do you feel like that would cost her the title, or would it just be a DQ? It would be a DQ. Because then they could have the title versus each other. Mm. See, I'm okay with them not even having the title for that, you know, involved in that um but i could see that happening yeah but then the main focus will I stay could see on bailey versus sasha saving, but saving. ember's title run would because you could power. have ember and this is crazy you know booking you know the women division with multiple storylines you could have ember as the champion and then have bailey and sasha just be a blood feud i mean yeah that that you one. could do that with them because their what it'd be more heat <laughs> for sasha if she cost bailey the mm-hmm. title You know, like, how dare you stay here, you know, after, you know, I stood my ground and, you know, left the company after the way they treated us and you stuck around, you know, you sold me out, you know, something like that. Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what will happen. She'll cause a DQ, then the next week on Raw, they'll have uh, Sasha Banks versus Ember Moon. Ember Moon will lose to Sasha, and they'll just move on to a promo the next week. And (laughs) And then Bailey and Sasha will make up, and they'll be tagging again. (laughs) And the WWE will forget about him. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Bro, fucking speaking of like Strowman's not even on this card. There's so many wrestlers not on this mm-hmm. card. It's insane. So we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But it's crazy. They need a battle royal. <laughs> but it shows you how many wrestlers they yes. have at this point. Way They've too got many. Too many wrestlers.
1: All right. Set them speaking
0: of the women's division, we got Becky Lynch versus Natalia. Um, so I kind of liked what they were doing here, where it was making, it seemed like they were making Becky more of the heel of this program, trying to get her edge back, but then the last couple, like, shows, it seems like Natalia is more of the straightforward heel. Um, I don't know if they're just really, guess, like, they really, that, um, anticipate Canada, like, really cheering for Natalia over Becky. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Natalia is really that over. You know, she's not fucking Bret Hart, for crying out loud. So, um, I don't know if they're really... I don't. It feels like they've been hesitant about that, and that that's why they've been booking the program the way they're, that they have been. Um, I mean, I would love to see Becky walk in as a straight heel, but it's not going to happen. Yet. No, but she has been mm. acting like a heel. Um, she fucking had... Uh, Fifth Family was trying to teach uh, Natalia how to get out of the Disarmor in, like, one of the training, like, rings... And then Becky just jumps in the ring and kicks Finn in the balls and calls him a traitor and then puts an the mm-hmm. <laughs> disarmor and leaves. I was like, are you stalking her? Like, why are you there? <laughs> and leave Finn alone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he basically gave you that Royal Rumble win. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, that was all, like, I was like, okay, but I dug it. Like, I was like, okay, I like seeing more of a heel It Lynch. would have been better with, you fucking traitor. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I like that we're getting more back to like what got Becky over in uh, the first place, especially after all the Rollins shit that you know we had to deal with the last couple of months. But yeah, no, it seems like the last couple of weeks it's been all about Natalia acting more of a heel and getting more of an edge. Um, I, I got expect Becky. To... Becky's going over here though. There's no. There's no way I see Natalia win. Yeah, I, I expect Becky to win, but I think the match will be better than we think it is. The oh, place. I think the match is going to be good. I don't. That's on you, man. I just hate I, I Yeah, you hate <laughs> She can fucking work, though, man. True. You know? Uh, so I think the match is going to be solid. I just... You know, as long as I have enough time. Mm. But I... Yeah. there. I I, I don't believe Natalia has a shot. Fan booking here. Do you have Ronda? Like, in ringside. Is she ready to come back? I don't know. We haven't heard anything no. from her. Other than her making weird videos with Devon. Oh really? I, I shared it. Check it out, man. He she made this whole like, um yeah okay whole trailer about like horror movie about oh I thought that was and... a legit fucking uh, trailer. I just didn't bother no. watching. <laughs> i wonder if she's actually coming back. Like if she's like you know like it was just a short sabbatical mm-hmm. and they're kind of throwing like the whole pregnancy thing as a like smoke screen. You know. She seems to play around with the idea of coming back all the time, so. Because she's been doing more interviews lately, I mm-hmm. think, like, too. So, and they've been mentioning over and over again, part of the storyline is the fact that Natalya was training Ronda. So, I'm wondering if she'll have, like, Ronda in her corner or something like that. I mean, that it'd be a good pop. To, like, tease a, like, you know, a match, you know, more towards, like, WrestleMania season mm-hmm. between Becky and Ronda. Like, a straight one-on-one, whichever one wants. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. That's just me speculating. So. All right. Uh, what do we have next? Actually, uh, we've got Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. So this has been a shit show. Um, they don't know how to book Seth anymore. And they don't need to hide his, like, they don't know how to hide his natural it heelishness, if you will. If that's a word. Um, he's just not getting well as a babyface. But I, I thought he has great ideas that helped the company. <laughs> Well, maybe he does, but uh, they're not—they're not translating well on camera because they had him come out after getting beat down the week prior, um, coming out trying to attack Brock, looking like a dumbass. Obviously, yes, looking like an (laughs) idiot, like straightforward too, not even like from behind or anything. Um, Limping out there, like literally using the chair as a crutch, ribs all taped up. He gets just kicked, like and just beat down. Um, and then he cuts this fucking promo that is just cringe worthy. I don't know what they were going for, but it was like the driest delivery I've ever heard. Like, uh, I got to ask myself whether or not this is worth it. It is. I'm going to be Brock Lesnar. And like, that was it. Like, it was like, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but there wasn't much more <laughs> to the fucking promo. And like, there was no reaction to any of it. Mm-hmm. Like, Rollins getting his ass kicked by Brock, and then, like, the promo afterwards, no reaction. Just not, you know, where he was, you know, before the whole, like, Becky angle and everything like that. Um Really, really disappointing. So, I, I don't know how they, you know, build him up. I feel like it's definitely building towards a win here, but I wouldn't... Be surprised if they decide to just keep that belt on Lesnar until no, really the Fox at all. Fox deal, you know, to the the debut on Fox, mm-hmm. um, you know, and have them actually have like a title match on Fox or something like that, you know, to get ratings up. So and Fox wants it, be you know, they want to portray it as a real sport, and who better than Lesnar to get that over? Mm-hmm. Um, because whatever they're doing with Seth is not working right now. He just they need to turn. They do. I just, I'm, they don't have anyone else that's a fucking face, though. That's a He is a fun heel. He is. He's a great heel. And he's just a natural heel, though. You know, I feel like just, like, obviously, you know, seeing his Twitter feed mm-hmm. and just, you know, interviews, like, I think he just comes off that way. I don't think he's a bad guy, but it's just his attitude and everything like that. You know, everything about him is just a heel. He's a natural fucking heel. So. I, well. Go ahead. Now the one thing, the one person we haven't really talked about on this would be roman reigns but you know i would feel like if brock lesnar were to win and he just started beating down seth rollins that would be a great moment to tease a potential like fox match between the two of of lesnar and roman reigns that would be a good way to do it but unfortunately he's tied up in whatever bullshit is going on but still nothing is announced for that right now. yeah I was kind of almost expecting um, like a Buddy Murphy Roman match or something like that happening like buddy Murphy comes out and calls out Roman mm-hmm. so it could be unannounced. they have a quick match and then we find out the big reveal of who the mystery attacker has been. Um, that's been a fucking hot pile of steaming garbage. Uh, it's just been horrible Which, you know the shows overall over the last month have been a lot better, a lot better except for that angle. And I don't know, like the Daniel Bryan thing and, you know, this whole mystery um, is just not working. Um, Samoa Joe's done what he could to save it. You know, he opened up Raw, just on fire, standing on the table, screaming at the announcers and everything like that. And it felt very much like what his character would do and everything like that. And he's just, he's the best that they have on the mic right now. So Mm -hmm. like the more you can give that guy the mic, the better. Um, but then they do this whole fucking scene with Joe confronting Roman, um, and they they have a car come out of nowhere try to hit fucking Roman. I swear to fucking God, Christian, they forgot to fucking like shoot the car like they didn't like do a dented car. Like mm. I don't know if they filmed it backwards. <laughs> so <laughs> when they come back uh. from the break. The car's fine. You see the car get slammed into. Watch the fucking footage. When they come back to the break from the break the car is fucking fine. I didn't notice that. Yes. Watch the footage. <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, Joe you know and I guess some people liked it. I did not. I was not a fan of it. All of a sudden Joe's concerned about Roman and everything like that. You know I was like if this is how they turn Joe babyface. Like I'm not opposed to Joe becoming mm. a babyface because I feel like he's over. And it could work. Um, I feel like it'd be so weak, you know. Um, they had Roman, you know, afterwards, like the Triple H showed up and everything like that. Everyone was concerned for Roman. Um, they had Roman the next on SmackDown um, apologize to Joe for like you know accusing him. The problem is we never saw Roman accuse Joe of anything. Like it wasn't on. Like I didn't see it on social media, and I didn't see like there's nothing. There's no. Rent like you know of continuity going on here because we never saw it. It's just Joe showed up and like started screaming about it. They did a little thing on uh WWE Network where they um had this was really poorly done too. Where they like there was a little storyline like Joe's been fined um you know for an incident at the airport, blah blah blah, you know, to the point where it's like did something actually happen? <laughs> and I click on it, and it was so fucking poorly done. Mm. Like they're like, uh, he attacked a producer. Well, they have a guy stand outside of the airport as Joe's walking out, TMZ style, and asks, Joe, you know, blah, 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 did you attack, you know, Seth Rollins, or not Seth Rollins, uh, Roman, Roman Reigns, Reigns yeah. um, and, like, Joe, like, knocks the phone out of his hands. I was like, why would one of your producers ask him that question with his, like, cell phone? It made no, I was like, what are you, like, you couldn't have done, like, a reporter or yeah. something like that? <laughs> it was really odd. Uh So it's just been, it's been a shit show. It really has been. Um, But I guess it's been working, too. Like, ratings has been up, like, after they shot it. People like stupid fucking mysteries. But this is so, like, this is worse than what they did with Stone Cold back in the day, where he got hit by the car. It was the whole Rikishi, like, storyline. What if it is Rikishi? That's what I said last week. (laughs) It should be. That'd be great. But you know what? They could actually use it storyline-wise. It could be Rikishi and the Usos. It could be a family thing. So, but it's not gonna happen. <laughs> They're dancing in the ring afterwards. Oh, i will be fucking great, man. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it. I don't know. It, it, it right now, they had Eric, Eric Rowan being um, linked to the scene of the crime. Buddy Murphy got attacked by Joe because he or not Joe by Roman on SmackDown because he was supposedly there. Like they saw him. Someone saw him there. So he mm-hmm. named Eric Rowan. Um, and the show ends with Rowan and Daniel Bryan, like, standing there watching, you know, the screen is you know, Buddy Murphy, you know, names Rowan. And that's how the show ends. Because I'm th- thin- sitting there thinking, like, oh, they're going to name the attacker and everything, and then we're going to go into it. No. <laughs> no. So the mystery's still there. I'm guessing it's going to unfold at SummerSlam. Because right now, you don't have Daniel Bryan in a match, and you don't have Roman Reigns in a match. Two of your biggest stars aren't even on this card right so, I mean, they, they, there's going to be at least a segment with him, but it's ridiculous that they're not in a hyped-up match. Absolutely makes no sense. And we, I mentioned before, like, Strowman's not in a match. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't even on uh, Mania, right? Stroman? Um, I think he was. Wasn't he, he part was of the Battle Royale or something? He was doing that. Oh, yes. He was doing that, that was pre-show, though, right? Yeah. With The SNL guys, right? hmm He must really... Like, I hear that he's got, like, a bunch of heat, like, backstage for, you know, just, like, his demeanor and shit. He must have really pissed off people because you think about how like over he was like he a year and a such half. a nice guy. I guess he's kind of a <laughs> <nasty>. <laughs> He seems kind of like a frat boy to me. Mm. You've heard like interviews with him and everything like that. You know, he's totally like 100% country. But have you seen pictures of him without the beard and shit? Oh, oh yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> look that shit up he looks like like a total like frat boy like you know roided up douche so um but he's definitely got some fucking heat uh because yeah how would you not even have like your biggest like because i'm guessing he's probably top 10 at least. Mm-hmm. Strowman, you know for most over baby faces that they have in the company i mean he sells merch so it just it's weird looking like they've got too many wrestlers right now um I think we mentioned Nakamura and Ali. I feel like that might mm. be a match. I feel like we're probably going to get a tag match. But I wouldn't be surprised if you get like one of the little interview shows happening where they do an interview with like Roman or Daniel Bryan or something like that, you know, trying to, you know, move along the storyline. So, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll find out this Sunday at SummerSlam. And it's going to be 8 hours of enjoyment, pure wrestling heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Strap it in, man. <laughs> Get ready. Well, <sighs> oh, damn it. There's other things we got to strap in for. Yes, it's going to be a long weekend, Christian. <laughs> we've got the G one. Yes, climax finals happening this weekend. Fuck. Um, <laughs> leading into next week, actually, right? The yes, actual um, like Monday is the final. Yes, the actual final. So for the blo- we got the block finals. Happening Saturday and Sunday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Jesus Christ, man, there's not enough hours in the day for all this wrestling. <laughs> and then we got NXT ta- Takeover, which we will actually review next yes. week. So, all right. So, well, here let me let me run you down. Uh, what what we, happened this week? Yeah. Yes. Uh, last Saturday was a block, which we had Bad Luck Folly defeating Kenta. Uh, we had big Zach surprise: Zack Saber Jr. defeating Lance Archer. Um, Evil defeating Will Ospreay, Ibushi defeating Tanahashi, and Sonata defeating the man, Okada. Um, Great match between Sonata and Okada. Really fucking Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, You know, they use their history and everything like that. Sonata's never defeated Okada. Um, And then they did a great job using the clock. So um, it's an element that AEW is going to be using and everything Mm. like that. I love that, you know, they were able to... It went down to, like, the last, like, couple seconds where Sonata finally got the pin. Um, It it was really fucking a hell of a match. uh, Sonata had been, like, hyping up this match before G1 even started. Yeah, yeah. And i will definitely... Because, you know, traditionally, whoever pins the champ will get a title shot Mm -hmm. at some point. So in the next couple months... So you will get a Sonata and Okada match um, you know, shortly. Sonata is eliminated from the tournament, though. So, um, even with this win. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, definitely check out the match. I've only, like, there's only so many hours in the day. I've only <laughs> caught, like, you know, some of the bigger matches, you know, throughout the blocks. Um, but yeah, that was definitely one that you definitely need to check out. Uh, next up, we had Sunday with the B block. We had Ishii defeating Yano uh Taichi defeating Juice Robinson, Goto defeating Jeff Cobb, uh J White defeating John Moxley, mm-hmm. uh, Naito defeating Shingo Takagi. Uh, the Jay White match with Moxley was a good match. I enjoyed that. Um White just being a fucking heel. Uh, I was I was actually not surprised that, you know, uh, Mox lost here. So, but it, it's You know, I mean, Jay White's got his groove back. Mm. So, I mean, he started off the the tournament, I think, 0-3. So, um, but he's still in contention at this point. So, he's on a run. Um, But Naito versus Shingo. That was the fucking match right there, man. That's (laughs) the match. (laughs) Maybe my favorite of the tournament so far. Just both guys were on fucking fire. They brought their A-games, and they did not disappoint. I mean, just the back and forth and everything, the mind games going on, just great storytelling in the ring. Shingo's so fucking awesome, man. He is. He's just, he doesn't have bad matches. He really doesn't. Um, And just Naito brought everything, you know. It it just was well done. They ended up, you know, Naito got the, the win, but, you know, they ended up in, like, a mutual, like, you know, um, plane of respect between the two guys and everything like that. Because at one point I was like, oh shit, are they gonna break the up? <laughs> like Nido spitting in his face and you know, you know, it's typical shit, but it was it was just well done, you know. I mean they've had all of LIJ really go 100 percent at each other during this so far. Yeah. So no and I, I appreciate that mm. though. I do. So um, um Wednesday we had Sonata defeating Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. We had Bad Luck Folly defeating Tanahashi we had Osprey defeating Kenta, Ibusha defeating Zack Sabre Jr., and Okada defeating Evil. Yeah, at this point, it looks like it's going to boil down to Ibushi and uh, Okada. Yes. You know, I feel like they're going to be, uh, math wise, I don't know who else has a shot here. Um, so I, I definitely feel like we're going to get probably Ibushi and Okada in the finals, you know, um, for their block. So, um, but yeah. Let's see. Uh, where are we at standing wise, Christian? Well, standing wise, we have Okada with fourteen, Ibushi with twelve, and then Sonata, Kenta, Tanahashi, and Evil all with eight. All right. Um, Osprey, Bad Luck Fale, Zack Saber Jr. with six, and Lance Archer with four. All right. So really, I mean, it's up for grabs in the B block right now. Because mm. yeah, with B block we have John Moxley with ten. Then four people, Ishii, Jay White, Skodo, Naito, all with eight. Um, Robinson, Yano, Cobb, and Taichi with six, and Shingo Takagi with four. Yeah, I'm guessing everyone else is eliminated down here, mm-hmm. right? I'm assuming everyone under eight would yeah, be eliminated. Yeah, would, would have to be. I'm no mathematician now. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Tanahashi has to be out of it at this point. Mm-hmm. And really, because, yeah, with Okada with 14... And only, what, two two more nights left? Is it two more nights? Um, I don't see how they, he would catch up or Sonata. So, um, yeah, no. It, it really, I mean, who do you have going, like, making it to the finals in the B block? Uh, for the B block, I mean, I, it's going to come down to. Man. Because I could seen... see Nido versus Moxley. I could see White versus Moxley for the finish, you know? Mm hmm. Um, uh, it'd be awesome if it was Ishii <laughs> Jeez, it would be I Ishii has not had a bad match no. he rarely ever does I mean I would love to see Ishii eventually get like a title reign at some point I don't think it's gonna happen here but I mean I definitely feel like he's one of the like you know MVPs of the, the tournament mm. so I mean I feel like your best bet is Moxley winning at least the block I saw some weird K-pop video with Ishii in it oh have you seen this? No. Like he's playing the boyfriend or something? Okay. Yeah, check it out on YouTube. <laughs> not the role I was expecting? No, not at all. It's really bizarre. But uh, yeah, go on. Fi- I believe it. I, I don't know. I don't know the genre's name, so I apologize. I believe. To me, it sounds like K-pop. It's though. probably like J-pop. Is it J-pop? J- yeah, J-pop would make more sense, all right? right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so check it out on YouTube if you can. It, you know, It's fairly recent, too. It's like just huh. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> Not I like Ishii is the heartthrob. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to stick with uh, Naito winning the B block. And a guess is for A? It's down to Ubushi and Okada, pretty much. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a Ibushi. You think you got a Ibushi and Moxley for the finals? That'd be cool. No, I said Naito. That Naito's gonna. Oh, win. you think is gonna win? Yeah. I, I don't think they're gonna. Although I feel like I feel like Okada and Moxley is such a no brainer mm-hmm. too in the finals. You know where he loses to Okada and then you know rides off in the sunset for a little bit. You know, and then maybe comes back for a match with Juice. Mm-hmm. So, Because I think, what what matches do we have left, blockwise? We got upcoming matches, right? We got, okay, so B-block on Thursday. Actually, as we're recording this, um, probably start, starting shortly. Uh, <laughs> we have Juice Robinson versus Jay White. We've got Ishii versus Shingo. Oh, that's going to be a fucking awesome match. Uh, Yano versus Taichi. Um, Goto versus Moxley. Cobb versus Naito. Do you think Robinson versus White kind of determines who will face Moxley for the title, as well, down the road? Yes, because they both. No, have... I think does Juice Juice still has a match against Moxley though?
1: Come out ah, okay.
0: So I don't think they need that to determine. I think White's going to go over there, um, you know, and then Juice can maybe beat Moxley um, that last night. So. Um, but then, so a block we have Okada versus Ibushi, um, Tanahashi versus Osprey, uh, Kenta versus Zack Saber Jr., uh, Evo versus Lance Archer, and Sonata versus Bad Luck Fale. Hmm. I'm really I'm surprised about the way they've been booking Kenta. You know, he's had yeah, like he's got a nice little like losing streak going. They had a strong start and then they just play Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they just, you know, if that they're reacting to the way the crowd has been reacting to them or if it's just all been planned out this way. You know, and I, I have a feeling it's probably just the way that they had things, you know, planned out and booked because um, it feels like they stick to their game plan no matter what. And it, it does seem to be a running thing where, like, you know, the people who are on streaks, winning streaks, are not losing streaks and vice versa. So, um, it's smart booking, but yeah, no, I, I'll be curious to see where Kenta ends up, you know, in the long run point-wise. And then we've got Sunday, the B block, uh, Juice Robinson versus John Moxley, Ishii versus uh, Taichi, uh, Yano versus Cobb, Goto versus Shingo, and Naito versus Jay White. Do you think it comes down to Naito and White point-wise? Probably. Yeah, I could see that happening. I feel like you'll probably get Robinson, you know, versus Moxley somewhere down the road. I think Robinson will get the win here. Um, and maybe that, you know, makes Naito and j you know, the big match. Um, so, yeah, man, there's a lot of wrestling left. <laughs> it's crazy. Jesus Christ, hell of a month, though. I think I've enjoyed the tournament more this year. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot more surprises, a lot more, like, going on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I... Because, you know, I felt like... I don't know, what whatever Tanahashi's block was last year, mm-hmm. I felt like it was that the... Was, a it was clearly the, like, little lesser. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where I was barely paying attention. And then Tanahashi like, just magically fucking won. Yeah, yeah, like, it felt like it came out of nowhere, too, because I wasn't paying attention to the block. Um. So, yeah. No, I, I feel like it's well-balanced mm-hmm. this year. And I like all the storylines. They're running throughout the you know the whole tournament and everything. So and they're just more wild cards with Kenta and Moxley and everything. So you don't really know like, you know, booking wise where they're going. You know, I liked what they've done with Archer. Um, you know, and I, that win with fucking, you know, for Sonato or Okada, that's mm-hmm. huge. So yeah, man, it's been a hell of a tournament. It really has been. <laughs> I love tournaments. <laughs> I want AEW to do tournaments. They need to do like some I'm sure they will. At some it's point, it's so smart, mm-hmm. you know, because it really books itself. Then you know, and there's so much you can do storyline wise with a tournament like this. I don't know if they'd do one to this scale. Maybe they'd do it on weekly television. Yeah, I think that's exactly where they go. Mm. I mean, it'd be hard to do one to this scale because just be just because the way TV works, it yeah, be it just seemed like it wouldn't fit with their schedule. No, whatsoever. no. And then you really have to sacrifice, you know, tag matches, you know, Mm -hmm. the women's division everything else if you're doing something this caliber, Um, you know, so I don't know, I don't know that, but fuck yeah. (laughs) A lot of wrestling this weekend. (laughs) (sighs) And I think that does it for the show, Damon. We've got one hell of a weekend coming up. Yes. (laughs) Scary Stories is actually in the theater, so I'll be trying to catch that this weekend. And then a whole lot of wrestling. So <laughs> we shall be Trying busy. to see how I fit that into my schedule. So, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get there. Next episode should be a doozy. Mm-hmm. Um, but before then, make sure you go ahead and check us out over at dramacityproductions.com. Yes, plenty of great podcasts over there for you to check out. Um, definitely head over there, dramacityproductions.com. We say. Yeah, and that's right. You know what? You could also check us out on uh, Pop Goes the Culture. Dot com. Yes. So uh, another fantastic website that features us and a bunch of great podcasts. Yes, so, plenty of news. Yes, great news. If you want to keep in the know with all your latest nerd news, make sure you follow us on some social media. Yes. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're also on Twitter. Um, and reach out. Let us know how you like the show, um, you know, what we're doing well, you know, what we're not doing well, Ooh. you know, that we'll probably answer a they fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no uh give us your feedback so yes. um we're both very accessible you know um at all hours honestly <laughs> so, let us know if we're on your favorite platform yes yes and yeah go ahead on your favorite platform make sure you subscribe rate and review us while you're at it download our new favorite app yes, Podcoin. PodCoin. Uh, podcoin is an app where you get coins for your listening not actual coins but like digital currency. No, I feel like <laughs> if you hit like a million like coins they should, they should send, send you like a little a one. A giant coin or something That's just like our that. idea. <laughs> you <know>? If Dave's <laughs> listening from HotCoin. I mean- uh- Hopefully you get that million listening to all of our episodes on there. Damn straight. They're all on there. And then all your other favorite yes. podcasts. Uh, damn, what can they do with those coins? They can go ahead and they can use those coins to get themselves some awesome gift cards. Amazon, Target, Starbucks. They have them all. And then if you're a good person with a good heart, unlike Christian, you can go ahead and you can give those coins to charity if you choose to do so. Hey, it I do have a good heart because when they sign up and they follow us... They'll get 400 coins by using the code Well, you don't have a good nerd because you are lying to them. It's 300 coins, first of all. 300 (laughs) coins. I don't know why I always say 400. I don't know either. Every single week. (laughs) 300 coins. 300 coins. So 300 coins right off the bat. Use that promo code NERDSHOW um we'll start you off right on Podcoin. um but and you could also share our show to yes. other with other friends right And you get coins that way yeah solid five yeah hey man not bad not bad they're paying you to listen little so. little secret from us <laughs> to you uh all right man and then uh what are we listening to right now christian oh well you're listening to dj greg brebner that's right he's a great dj uh from the chicagoland area Uh, You can go ahead and follow him on uh, SoundCloud and Instagram. And on SoundCloud, he's got a bunch of music up there for free to download. So go ahead and check him out. And if you like the music you heard at the top of the show, that's Them Guilty Ace. is a great rockabilly band from the area. Um, And if you want to go ahead and download some music on iTunes, um, go ahead. And they also have some videos over on YouTube. And if you're ever in the Chicagoland area, they're always playing a show every weekend. Yes. Uh, one last thing we gotta say: make sure that you want to support us. Go over T Public, uh, check out Sherry shirts there, and also on Pro Wrestling Tees. That's right. Get some merch. Get your nerds. You're already on. buying an AEW shirt. You know, put us in the cart. That's right. Right next to it. Exactly. We're in right. all your favorite styles. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and all your favorite styles over at T exactly. Public. So. I'll definitely help out the show. We don't get paid for the shit, people. <laughs> <laughs> I Maybe mean, we shouldn't. I don't know. But <laughs> it'd be nice. You it would help me see all these goddamn movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this week. Yes. My name's Christian. And my name's David. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. This is all I've got, I'll be at SummerSlam, and I'll be Brock Lesnar. I guarantee it.